What shall we look at today? This is Michael. Michael. Anna. Um, I am just delighted to be here, um, delighted to be alive. And uh, there's which is just beautiful. And um, I just feel like, uh, well, I know from my experience that practice has uh, um, made all of this um, great life possible. And I'm just really grateful for it. Mm. Delighted to be here, delighted to be alive, and grateful for practice that's made all this possible. Yeah, and um, which has dropped in is the uh, discussion about uh, grief um, from the last week from the year-long retreat. And um, I really appreciated that because it, it just sort of put it, um, uh, sort of exposed the subtleties for me more rather than grief is just when, um, I think it's sort of been defined as, oh, I lose someone important in my life or an important uh, animal in my life, and that's grief, um, and nothing else is grief. Um, and to sort of expand that notion was really great. Mm. Sounds like it was a chance to really explore and just notice, right, that to explore those subtleties, those nuances of the grief experience that there had been, a belief that it was about when an important person, two-legged or four-legged, in your life dies, and you got to look deeper. Yeah, and uh, part of that discussion was, I think, about, you know, sort of little, uh, I was going to say losses or just transitions. Um, I think someone mentioned, you know, the end of a good conversation. Um, and uh, also that the grief really um, represents the love that's there. Um, and I, remember, I don't know if it was this past week that somebody talking about, you know, that whole that hole in my life is the love that was there for that two-legged or four-legged um, creature. Mm-hmm. So getting to look at those little losses, like the end of a conversation, and also in the loss of a two-legged or four-legged person, that that hole that that person left is the love that was there, that is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think it was mentioned once or twice also about... Uh, you know, we love the form while the form is here. And then, um, or maybe maybe somebody was talking about a cat. Uh, we love the cat while the cat's here. And then the, the form of the cat. And then we love the formless cat, the cat without the form. And um, it was just, what I got from that is the, the constancy of the love. Yes, the constancy of the love. That we love the cat in form when the cat is here. And then we love the foldless cat when the cat is not here in form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the other thing I'm looking at just a little bit is this um, uh, health condition or diagnosis, um, which is kind of interesting to me because there's not, like, right now at least no immediate symptoms of it. So it kind of um, recedes into the background sometimes. So it's just... And it, it reminds me of my um, mortality and uh, form changing. And um, it's just, it's been very interesting for me to watch on a process level and what the mind does with that. Yes. Yeah. Interesting to watch on a process level and, and watch what the mind is doing with everything around this physical diagnosis where, as you say, there are no... Uh, obvious symptoms and so it can fade into the background and it is reminding you of your mortality yeah yeah so uh, I'm just really grateful for uh, um, for practice and it feels like practice has given me it's like practice enables me to receive all of the goodness in my life the goodness is all there but without practice I can't receive it Yeah, the goodness is always there, and it's practice that allows you to receive that goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Anna. Big. Thank you. Is Penny? 
Penny. Uh, I was enjoying the, the um, various conversations about grief last week also, and um, <clears throat> I saw I saw something that was very handy, and I and I I also saw that I saw it because of two-handed recording. Uh, I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. So um, I've been I realized I've just been in a kind of an ongoing state of grief about essentially the, just kind of the state of the world, um, and and it, it's, it feels like a weight. So I was out walking and and um, and talking about that, and and what came up when I switched to the two-handed recording, what what happened in the in the course of recording was well I'm I'm indulging grief, and what came up from the two-handed recording was I'm not indulging grief I'm indulging ego using grief against me. And that just felt very important to see. Yeah, a huge insight that came out of the two-handed recording where you were walking along and talking about an experience of grief. It feels like a weight. It's about the state of the world. And what you saw first was, well, I'm indulging grief. And then what um, the response was from the left hand in the two-handed recording was you're not indulging grief you're indulging ego using grief against you and that was so helpful to see because you know you i i can be walking along recording and thinking well this is you know this is good this is the thing to do and and, and if ego gets hold of it that can just kind of go on indefinitely uh, massaging this and um and, and the the grief was uh is authentic but all the stuff going on around it was unnecessary and uh, so that clarity um, was really really yeah Penny you broke up just at the end that it, the, the clarity was help just very helpful mm-hmm yeah yeah very helpful that as you say you could have been going on in that kind of um, uh, that what you saw was an ego takeover, but in that grief process, you, that could have gone on endlessly. And and what was very helpful was to have it revealed to you that what was actually going on, the clarity about what was being layered on top of that grief experience. Yes, and just seeing how um, ego can use a, a practice like a recording and... Um, and turn it into its own device. <laughs> so, um, and so it was especially helpful to realize how helpful the two-handed recording is, where someone listens to the first part and says, this is, this is what I'm hearing in this. If I'm tracking, Penny, the awareness is that ego can use anything as its own device. So in the experience that you had, that would have been the walking along, talking from the right hand endlessly about this heavy grief experience that weight and that was the movement to the left hand that allowed for that movement into awareness where you got to see what was going on was that kind of it yep yep um yeah. am i still breaking up anna no no am I, I, yeah am I still, sounds okay. good okay it, sounds and good. just one other piece of that was um so uh a related thing was looking at um taking positions, um, uh, and specifically with regard to politics and what's happening in the world right now. And, and what, I, what arose, again, from a two-handed recording experience was that, that there, are no, there are no real possibilities in positions. The only possibilities are in presence. And that was really, I've actually written that down and posted it because I tend to, I tend to you know, find myself on a particular place on a spectrum politically. And um, I was just realizing that in that place, uh, that position, there is like a menu of, of things that are presented as possible, responses or possible ways to be. But, um, but it is very limited and contained. And, and um, the only place where there actually are possi- really possibilities is simply to be present. Mm. Sounds like getting to see how things get fixed and rigid 
and limited in that process of positions, that in that position, that political position, here's your menu, here's your list of options. Right. And right. in positions, <laughs> there aren't possibilities, and possibilities are in presence. Yes, yes. And, and, it, and that's been very helpful since as well. To, with the, just this morning, something came up, and I don't know what to do about it. And, and what, what arose was just be present. Because that's whatever possibilities there are are just in, are just in presence. Yeah. So that was the possibility that was offered to you. Well, what to do? Be present, and that's where the possibilities <laughs> will unfold from. That, that's yeah. right. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Jan? Jan? You know, it's not that I have anything in particular to say, except I am so grateful for this call this morning. Um, and, well, every Sunday, every call, whatever, whatever day it is, and just, uh, just, <laughs> just that, um, just this over, overwhelming sense of, not overwhelming, it's just a very full sense of gratitude that, we have so much. I mean, there's so much going on in the world. There's so much to face every day in one sense, to deal with. And um, we are just so blessed to have this practice. Yeah, so much going on in the world, so much to face every day. I'm feeling so blessed to have this practice, this call to show up for. Yeah. And... As many have said, we've all said probably many times, just this emphasis on noticing has been so tremendously helpful. Um, I got to, I've, I've been seeing something, um, let's see, more frequently or at a, at a more subtle level in just every day, whatever I'm doing of, am I doing it right, sort of behind or just in back of every decision, am I doing this right? I mean, it's, it's conditioning for sure, but I just had not seen it um, in my recollection at this sort of every moment really subtle level, no matter what it is, no matter what the content, is this the right way to do it? Are we okay? Is this our... And uh, it's been... <laughs> It's not been a surprise particularly, but again, gratitude for seeing that to just stop, to just stop, to just be. And uh, so, and again, gratitude. Mm. Yeah, gratitude for the just noticing. And in that just noticing, noticing that everything you do, whatever it is, whatever the content is, there's that conditioned checking in right after it, right behind it of, am I doing this right? Is this right? Is this, am I okay? Are we okay? Yeah. It's sort of astounding. I mean, the level of it is astounding in one way. And in the other way, because of practice, I see no surprise. (laughs) Of course, that's what conditioning does. But so helpful to see it for this life um, so that uh, I don't let that go from being that little, well, that I don't have to live from that place. If I don't see it, I can end up living from it, which obviously has been going on at some level often, and uh, that's, not where I, that's not where I want to live from. So the recognition of it is tremendously helpful, uh, enlightening, and, uh, and freeing. Yeah, we don't see it, we live from it, and that's not where you want to be living from. So your practice is to stay in the seeing it. And although it's not a surprise to you, this is something that you've heard in practice, this is what conditioning is, this is what conditioning does, it's still astounding to see it and to get it for your 
yourself to have your own direct experience of seeing that conditioning in action coming in a beat behind. Yeah. Yeah, and what dropped in as you were reflecting that, Anna, was um, just this is why we practice forever. (laughs) I mean, it's never over because there's always more to see. Um, And and, uh, the delight in that, we may not be delighted with what we see, (laughs) but there's delight in the seeing. (laughs) And uh, that's what I'm experiencing right now. Yeah, a delight in the seeing that this is forever. There's no moment off and it's not going to be over. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This is Judy. Margaret. Judy and then Margaret. Well, uh, continuing the theme of appreciation, you know, jealousy and envy has long been uh, an area of just deep and extraordinary suffering and when I saw that that was the theme for this coming week there was a yippee and that so surprised me I thought, what is that you're looking forward to exploring this more and that's exactly what it was mm-hmm. so the yippee at getting to explore this area that's been a huge source of suffering for you the comparison envy jealousy yeah, it was just um, what everybody else was saying. It was just such a different orientation that actually shocked me. You know, just looking forward to exploring it without any kind of, um, without any sense of shame. Mm. Mm, the power of just getting to notice, right? Just getting to notice the UP, the UP at just getting to notice with no sense of shame the delight at the chance to explore something yeah yeah and also you know as an enneagram three there's so much about looking good and being better than and it's just um you know i just i can't wait you know i'm starting already i mean it's already starting and it's just uh like i said it's just a whole a whole other way of being being with myself you know it's filled with compassion rather than the shame and blame that's so familiar Mm, a whole other way of being with yourself in compassion instead of the shame and blame that's so familiar. Yeah, yeah. So, that's all. But thank you. Mm, yeah. Well, it's like a, we're just getting started. The yes, UP rubbing the hands together. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. It's exactly that. Yeah, we're just we're getting started. Yeah, thank you. Very fun. Thank you. Margaret. Hi, Anna. Um, I'm I'm so um, grateful to be on this call and for this call. And similarly to what's been shared already, I uh, was looking at at, at the um, the new assignment about um, envy and and jealousy, and not not really seeing that much about it <laughs> in those words. And then in going over it and over it, um, well, actually, I saw two things that were important. One was was an experience I remember distinctly from when I was too young to go to school. I was about four, I guess, and just being, for some reason, just really upset and bored probably that I could not go to school and my older sister could. And then the other was noticing um, today this feeling of, of, oh, my goodness, there's comparison just everywhere all the time. And seeing in that that where the suffering is is going to... I'm not enough in that comparison. Mm-hmm. Let me catch up with you, Margaret. Yeah, so when you, you, yeah, yeah, when you first saw the assignment about jealousy and envy, there was a reaction of, "Oh, I'm not not really seeing much here." So you noticed that, stayed with it, and now it sounds like you're seeing how comparison is everywhere with that orientation of not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and 
I think somehow that, I mean, it feels really deep and karmic, and I, I could just take it back to that being four years old and, and that feeling, well, I guess there's something wrong with me because I can't go to school. I, yet I'm, you know, not enough. And that's just, it's like it's like what's being described. I just see that as a underlying process that it's comparison. Like um, I'm not as good as, as everybody I work with because they have a higher degree <laughs> than I do. And so I'm not as good. Oh, well, I, you know, I can still do this, but it's like it's, um, and now the most amazing one is that I've had these injuries to my arms, so I shouldn't be doing as much as I have been doing um, in chores and all kinds of things. And I didn't even see it that I'm holding just this feeling bad about that in, in the comparison. Sounds like practicing with this assignment is bringing a lot into conscious awareness, right? So you're getting to see this stuff rather than see through it. <clears throat> so the not enough that shows up in work, the not enough <clears throat> that shows up in the injury that you're working with, all that comparison. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I'm just... I I am <laughs> I'm like I'm so pleased, delighted, or you know, just happy that I noticed that this morning that that the comparison is is just so um, gosh, it's like it feels like it's in it is as we say in the skin, um, and. Anyway, there's just so much with that. <laughs> there's so much going on with that, and being a nine, and and seeing, you know, that all all of that coming from all of that, and just the gratitude for for the awareness of it, and that and the reminder that I I I stop. We all dropped feeling bad. <laughs> <laughs> and here was this underlying process running that was the only purpose of it could have been to make me feel bad and um and unworthy so i'm um really really grateful and looking forward to more this week yes yeah grateful yes grateful to be seeing this excited to see what you're going to see now as we go into this week and grateful for that awareness of this whole suffering process that hadn't been in conscious awareness about not enough and comparison the only purpose of which was to make you feel bad and you're seeing it here and it um what's arising is it feels like I've seen it because, you know, we one of the big things we say of these about the processes of suffering is that it's about not being enough and there's something wrong. And so it's like I'm just going down deeper to see that, oh, my goodness, that's just there. Every, you know, everywhere, if I turn to that, if I feed that, um, stay with it rather than just noticing what's here now. What what else is here now besides, besides that? You know, turning away yes. from that ego. Yes, yes. It's so powerful, isn't it, that <clears throat> the world of ego conditioning is the world of something wrong and not enough. And what you're realizing is as long as attention is on that, then that's going to be the lens that you look through, not enough. And so that's what you're practicing, not giving attention to, not feeding. Yes. Yes. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gasho. Gasho. Phil? Phil.
Yes. Um, so I'm um, sitting here, and uh, conditioning says stuff like, "Oh, you don't have anything to say," and it besides, if you did, it wouldn't be good enough. That's its line. And um, life dropped in after that. Well, just say what you're experiencing right now. And so <laughs> it's so perfect because uh, conditioning has nothing to say, and life does. <laughs> it's so perfect. And what a gift to be able to tell a difference, huh? That so conditioning yeah. has nothing to say. And life, a place of possibility, does. Well, just talk about your, the experience you're having now. Right, because, um, uh, I don't know, it brings me back to something I, I think we, we had in our uh, one of our classes, a, a quote, maybe it was Dogen, said something about, if you're, uh, uh, something about if you're unable to find the, the truth right now, you'll never find it, something like that. Um, which just points to presence, you know. <laughs> We're not present. We'll never know what to say. But anyhow, what I'm, what I was experiencing is um, the joy the, uh, of living in a um, a sangha of gratitude and love and. Um, just every, in, in, in a lot of ways, everything that um, that is full of life. And every time we have these 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 calls or these uh, you know the other all the other calls, the um, things we read in you know in our living compassion, you know the blogs, all that is just is just such a gift and um, just one that I I can just feel all this appreciation for all the all the time and this is this um, tremendous gratitude and joy yes the gratitude the tremendous gratitude and joy for living in a Sangha where the focus is on uh, on life, on gratitude, on love, on delight, and everything that you encounter from practice sounds like brings you to that place. Yes, because it then if from that you want to think of I don't know sangha bubble or whatever, it just expands to the entire all of life that is sangha and um so it's it's just there you know all the joy and gratitude and love is just everywhere we can look and see and uh you know so the gift just expands and keeps on giving yes so that gift of the the focus of sangha on life expands that bubble expands and grows until that's the that's what you're living in that's your life experience everywhere yeah and the and the other thing that's kind of dropping in is you know within those um our our uh, year long and the you know exploring um anger and fear and guilt and grief um all come down to, as we were saying, noticing. And um, I've seen that just now, you know, just kind of every time there's a, a you know, a, um, something comes up, feels coming up from like anger or grief or any of that, there's this whole, um, you know, <laughs> we could call sangha orientation to just sit with noticing and and moving to the love that's that's under it, and um, that just and that just seems to start happening. You know, and that's what's so great about practice. It just after we you know we practice, we become aware, we notice. It just kind of starts happening. Um, 
all over the place. You know what I mean? It it just kind of expands into all of life. It just starts happening all over the place. We're not in control of this process of awakening, huh? this process of transformation. Right. That's we a good way to put it. <laughs> we practice, we become aware, and then your experience is that it just starts happening everywhere, that grief comes up, anger comes up, and what's available to you is to just notice, to just notice. And in that, turn to the love that's there underneath it all. Yeah, and just basically watching it happen at that point. You know, even I was uh, watching a documentary, you know, that was really hard to watch in some ways. And um, you could feel, you know, the the anger or whatever was going on, you know, kind of roiling and broiling. And then I just felt the, the, the you know, the pain like under it and the, the love that that breaks open into. And, all, you know, it's just, and and it, I think I'm not sure of this, but there's been times lately in this political scene that that hasn't happened, but it seems to now be happening. It's happening, and you're getting to have a front row seat on it happening. So you're watching it. Yeah, you're watching a documentary. There's that anger broiling, broiling away, and the pain and the love. And you watch the whole process. Yeah, just like breaks right open. So I'm just, as everyone, so entirely grateful and appreciate these calls so we can, you know, not only have, well, it's just the continuation of the whole thing. So I just thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, a continuation of the whole thing to come together as Sangha and and talk from these places, about these places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Thank Thanks. you. This is Jen. Jen. Um, I can really relate to the the thing about just um, the way I often think about it is the practical side benefits of practice of just, you know, you practice, you practice, you practice, and then there are just these times where, boy, that's paying off <laughs> in practical ways. Mm-hmm. So you practice, you practice, you practice, and then it pays off in these practical ways. Yeah, and the... Um, Actually, there are a couple of things that occurred to me in the conversation. Um, I just, um, I've been so aware in the last few days. Um, so working on a project that's been really long-term, like months and months, and there's a lot of different detail to it and different elements, and and it's been remarkably enjoyable. Um, I mean... It's funny, remarkably, really only from the condition perspective. Like, what what wouldn't be enjoyable about it? <laughs> but I think it's exactly what I'm saying. Like, what's remarkable about it is to it's one of those places of having it mirrored. Of wow, there's a t- there was a time in my life where this wouldn't have been enjoyable at all. It would have been a lot of suffering and torture. Um, but I'm experiencing it now as really quite fun um there's some challenge to it there's you know as i say all these different components to it but the practical side benefit thing in addition to all of that was that just in the last few days there's sort of a a culminating piece to it um upcoming and i watched how okay here we go (laughs) here comes the okay you know lists and get it lined up and basically the illusion of control starting to come in and I saw it and it was so and I did it's just like someone was talking about earlier with the two inner recording I just stopped and I turned to that process I turned to practice I turned to the mentor to say I don't want to do that um I really don't want to do that and of course that was 98% of it right there is the realization that I don't want to do it and that really was the magic itself. 
Yes, yes. The magic in seeing that illusion of control process come in. Okay, now it's time to make lists, get everything lined up, to turn to the mentor and say, I really don't want to do that. And that was 98% of the magic. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other piece of it, as I was recording about it, that I saw this really came from the left hand was, this is such a huge opportunity for us. Because... Um, with all that um, experience of practice behind us, and there is a lot to it. You know, there's a lot of, there is a lot of detail. There is a lot of, it's sort of, there's a lot on every level, physical, emotional, spiritual, you know, on every level, there's a lot to it. And that makes it a gigantic opportunity because it's such a huge opportunity for me, like I always think of it as us, like Jan and mentor team, for us to to take what is very a very well worn karmic groove and to choose to nip it, to choose not to go in that groove. So very simple but profound things like um, when I notice that energy come up, just stop, just stop. And make a two-minute recording or listen back to the short recording I made as an encouragement to us that we can stop, that nothing is more important than ending the suffering. You know, maybe it looks like stopping to stretch for two minutes, whatever it is, but essentially being unwilling to run the condition circuit and all of the willingness to break that circuit to, to come back to presence. Yeah. Yeah, so recognizing and taking on the huge opportunity that this project is offering is it's demanding, it's requiring so much on every level, physical, emotional, spiritual. And and really saying yes to it as a training opportunity, right? To not mm-hmm. let that calm, that karmically conditioned circuit of control, being controlled, run, and instead have all willingness available to break it at every opportunity, everywhere that you see it, whether that's just to stop, to do a two-handed recording, to listen back to that recording, to stretch, but to stop, to choose here, to choose presence. And, you know, as you reflect that back, I see another element of why the experience is so helpful and why we talk about nothing is wasted in practice. You know, go through those times in practice where it can feel like Groundhog Day, like, oh, my God, (laughs) you know. But then, at least for me, I get to places like this and realize all of that. Like, I just want to say thank you to, you know, the Jen who lived all of those days because one of the things that makes a time like this possible is that the profound realization that, well, it just won't work. It just will not work. In other words, to push physically, to push emotionally, to push in any way, it just period doesn't work. So there's no, at a certain point, that option is loses all of its appeal because there's such a deep experience that it just will not work. Yeah, truly worn it out, huh? To yeah, exactly. have gotten to such a deep... Yeah, a deep level of clarity from your own experience that this will not work, that control process, that being pushed will not work. And 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 with that, a thank you to the Jen who lived all of those days, who went through all of those experiences of encountering how it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last piece of it that I'm just saying as we're talking is the sense of humor with it because... Um, the other the thing I could watch as I was making the recording, and I'm going to it again as we're having this conversation, is the way ego tries to slip in there is, oh, this is so good, right? You've really seen this. You, it switches to the you, right? So you've really seen this. And so what that will translate to is back to some subtle level of control, which is essentially, I mean, because one of the things I uncovered as I was recording about it, of course, is there's fear back there. Like, why why would I need to control any of it? Well, so <laughs> the irony, right? So I don't end up feeling pushed. So I'm going to push all the time. I'm going to be pushed all the time so that I don't end up feeling pushed. And the big one is so that there isn't, so that 
there's this, um, everything gets lined up. So no one, right, that illusion of an external one is going to come at me in a way that's going to make me feel pushed. And so the sense of humor with it and the sense of lightness with it is that all of this willingness to practice with it in this way doesn't say anything about how it's, any of it is going to go, if that makes any sense. Like, in other words, the, maybe I'll get completely stressed out. Maybe, you know, this X, Y, Z will happen. Maybe, you know, whatever. This process that I'm practicing with it has nothing to do with how, with controlling how it's going to go. Yes. Let me see if I'm following. So the humor and the lightness is that practicing with not feeding that control process includes surrendering the control of this going any particular way. So maybe you will get really stressed and pushed, and that will be part of the experience too. Mm-hmm. Because the, the the control process you were catching on to is that ego you voice of, oh, you've already, you've already seen this, right? Now, mm-hmm. now this will be the experience. And instead mm-hmm. to realize that, that that's all part of the same thing, it's looping it back into the same control process. And you're onto it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But there's just, there's such a, oh, there's just, it's such a feeling of being loved. Of, um, let's see, what just went through? It's like, um, yeah, it's just, it's unconditional. It's just whatever happens. There's just that sense of that presence, that life, that mentoring presence being there to say, it's, it's completely all right. We're here together. What, whatever it is, however it all, whatever comes up with it, you know, it's, it's very likely, you know, big thing. There are some big things <laughs> that will start happening or whatever, you know, maybe yes, maybe no, but, but we're adequate to all of it. And not only adequate, but just, yeah, I mean, I said it already, I guess, but it's just a profound opportunity to be loved, to experience love no matter what. Yes, the unconditional is profound experience to be loved, to experience love no matter what. Yeah. Nothing to do with the content, the outcome, any of it. Yeah, and to enjoy all of it, you know. Mm-hmm to really enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the, I had a memory this morning of, you know, coming off this week of talking about grief, of um, the last days of Sadie's life and how one of the biggest gifts was how much I loved it, how much I I would wake up every morning and, and just love Sadie and that the attention, it, it felt miraculous, like, again, one of those places beside benefit where all of the attention was on loving Sadie, not on losing Sadie. And it's not that there wasn't grief and tears with, you know, tears with that, but just the, it just, it's such a gift to have the attention on, I love this, instead of on, I'm losing this. Yes, yeah. So that memory of the last days of Sadie's life and what you experienced is waking up every morning and loving her. Attention was on love, not on loss. On the process of loving, not on the process of losing. And it sounds like that's what you're recognizing as the opportunity right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. Gary Huber. Sherry. I couldn't restrain myself. Um, Good. Yeah, I, I, I just want people to know I, I, I always do try because I, I get to talk so much, so much more than other people get to talk. So I, I try, but there are sometimes that you know, you know how it is. We just, we just can't. So uh, I, I was so struck by this conversation and and people moving to that place of realization that what we have always wanted, and I can say we, right, as Jen was just pointing out, but in the broadest sense, what every human 
being wants is to be unconditionally loved. To feel like you're the right person, you're doing the best you can, things aren't happening because uh, you've made a mistake or you're a bad person. Um, things happen to you. Things happen in life. They happen to everybody. Um, and that's just how it is. And, and you, exactly as you are, exactly as you are, are completely perfect and I love you utterly. And that each one of us can have that experience in, in any, in every moment that we choose. Because we're the only ones withholding that from ourselves by allowing self-hate, ego, to do what it does. And we're the only ones that can give it to ourselves by identifying with the unconditional love that we are and being that. Mm -hmm. So to hear people move into that place of, because it takes courage, right? Uh, the, you know, we got started with the, the you know, is this right? Is this, is this, is this all right? I mean, that's, that's old and deep right? Because our survival depends on it, right? You've got to get it right. You've got to, you, 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 you have to, you have to be the right person or you're not going to be loved. And if you're not loved, you're not going to survive. So the stakes are really high. And to get to a place in our lives where we've noticed so long and as Jen said, to be grateful to that person who's been through all of this to, to get us to this place, right? Uh, to, to, to be in this place of having the courage, because that's, that's what it is, have the courage to say, you know what, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to choose unconditional love. Now, I, I could try to choose it for Vladimir Putin, or I could try to choose it for, you know, whatever else uh, ego wants us to do, um, Okay, down the road, I'm sure I'm going to get to that, right? But right now, what I'm focused on is unconditional love for the one human being I know intimately, know the goodness of, know the suffering of, know the struggles of. I'm going to find the courage to love this one human being unconditionally, regardless, and just see where that leads. And of course, what we're, what we're going to see where it leads is, yeah, even, even old Vlad, right, is going to be included in that because once we realize that we can love this one person unconditionally because unconditional love is what we are and unconditional love does not have boundaries, ego has boundaries, unconditional love, authentic being does not have boundaries, it's one, there's nothing left out and once we allow ourselves to have that for ourselves, the loving kindness, the generosity, the gratitude, it just wells up. It just wells up. And it just overflows and expands out to everything. So it's one, <laughs> it's one movement. One movement. And, and hearing people talk about making that movement is so inspiring. It's so thrilling. It is. I do. It's inspiring, it, thrilling. It's yes. It's so simple. It's. I, well, I was just. I was hearing in that that it's so simple. It's one movement. It's an inside job, and it includes yes. all. It excludes Everything. nothing. That's it. Everything. Yes. Yes. But again, it takes courage. And it mm -hmm. takes practice, right? Yes. It, takes, it takes going through every one of these steps to get to this place of saying, you know, nothing else has worked. <laughs> I keep hearing this. The message is coming from everywhere. You cannot find a spiritual tradition. You can't find a psychology. You can't find a culture anywhere who hasn't uh, had people tell us the same message. So... 
Maybe I'll try it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And that's not the minimizing. Courage. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not minimizing the fact that it, it, we, you know, we've heard this for uh, these messages for as long as we can remember. We've heard them. And, and they've gone in at a certain level, and we've gone right on with ego, egocentric karmic conditioning, self-hate programming, because we so deeply believed that that was the right thing to do. Yeah. Yep, we got to have our own experience. Yes. And now we get to choose. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it, Anna. That's exactly it. Because without our own experience, somebody else's experience is just not meaningful. Yes. It's mm-hmm. not. I mean, good on you, Buddha. Good on you, Jesus. I'm so mm-hmm. happy for you, Mother Teresa. Love you, Gandhi. Okay? But until I have my own direct experience, I'm just having the experience of, that's lovely for you, but it doesn't apply to me. Right. I'm not included in that. But when we have because, our own direct... Yeah, yes. Because... Well, because of all the of all the reasons I'm listening to in conditioned minds, I'm less than, I'm not enough. I'm mm-hmm. that's right, that's right, and it, the experience is so real. I, I'm yeah. hearing that all the time, and no matter how much I try to read this other stuff or repeat it or do affirmations or whatever the heck is going on, it it I haven't hit that that critical. Uh, tipping point and then I do and then I realize yeah and then love feels so much better (laughs) it feels so much better and the love and the happiness and the gratitude so yeah I just uh, it just it's wonderful so I had to say so because I'm very inspired Mm -hmm. all right me too thank you Thank you. (laughs) Anyone else? Well, thank you all. Go happy.